0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be now and always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. You may know the story uh, of the young boy who was taken to church by his father, and it wasn't a fun, vibrant church like St. Francis, and the service went long, he was bored, he drifted in and out of consciousness, the service seemed to go on forever. On the way out, shaking the hands of the minister or the pastor or the rector, uh, the boy was kind of uh, half asleep, but he noticed in the porch, it was one of those churches that had the big plaques from the wars, the people had died, and the boy asked uh, who the names were, what was the plaque all about, and the father said, well, son, those are the names of the people who died in the service, and he said, was it the morning service or the evening service? (laughs) You've heard that before. So we come to Memorial Day for remembering and honoring the people who died while serving in the United States Armed Forces, originally known as Decoration Day. Later in November, we'll have Veterans Day when we remember those, all those who served in the war, those who came back. That Veterans Day aligns with what I grew up with, what we called Remembrance Day, celebrated in other countries in the Commonwealth, on November 11th. And one of the things that struck me about that was the poppies. I love the poppies. There's a third less well-known national holiday celebrating the military, and that's Armed Forces Day, which actually was yesterday. It was the third Saturday in May. First observed in 1950 to honor Americans who are currently serving in the five U.S. military branches, the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, and Coast Guard. It was meant to consolidate all those services into the Department of Defense and to replace the individual days that they celebrated. Well it didn't <laughs> didn't replace those days. they still celebrate those days. Do you know when Army Day is? June 14, Coast Guard day? August 4th, Air Force Day, September 17. Navy Day, October 27, Marine Corps Day, November 10th, and December 13th is National Guard Day. Put your hand up if you have served in the U.S. military. Is anybody here served in the U.S. military? Awesome, thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, anyone here uh, ever? Yeah. Does anyone put your hand up if you have had someone uh, die while serving in the military? Anyone have someone die in this military? Thank you. Thank you, Bruno. Yeah, thank you. It's a very somber day when we remember uh, the courage and sacrifice of those who enlisted, those who put themselves forward, put themselves on the line. We remember the benefits accruing to us because they were willing to do that, to live in a country with freedom and democracy. And we get consumed with so many other things. We, the other day I was just talking, what it would it have been like if people hadn't gone forward, if we hadn't won the war? When I was growing up, Remembrance Day was attended by two minutes of silence at 11 o'clock on the 11th of November. And when I was growing up, people would pull over in their car and stop driving. People in the shops would stop shopping. The whole country seemed to pause and to remember the great things that came because we were victorious, because people were willing to do that. We also, on this day, I think, need to remember the cause of war, I think going all the way back to the sinfulness of humanity, which we'll come to later. We need to remember the cost of war, borne by the young men and women, not by the politicians and generals usually sitting in their offices. War buffs like to visit war museums on, around this time. And it made me think, is the church like a museum? Many people think of the church like a museum, full of dead things, irrelevant, quiet, boring. But I was thinking, too, about where the word museum comes from. It comes from the French word to think, musée. And it could be translated a place to reflect and ponder and meditate. A, German, a couple of German scholars thinks it comes from the Gallo-Roman word, Musa, and it means literally to stand with one's nose in the air to sniff about like a dog who's lost the scent. Very evocative image, isn't it? Having our nose in the air, trying to follow the scent. Uh, the muses were one of the, were nine classical uh, figures in Greek mythology, the daughters of Zeus, and they were, they were the protectors of the arts. There was, uh, the muses were Callipoli for epic poetry, Cleo for history, Arado for love poetry and lyric art, Euterpe for music, especially the flute, Mel- Melpomene for tragedy, Polamenea, the hymns, terpsichord for dance dahlia for comedy or urania for astronomy and i thought wouldn't it would it be interesting for the church to say how do we embrace these characters in our worship of god it's interesting to me that memorial day comes at the end of the school year because as these kids the kids left on friday or thursday and you just hope that they're going to remember something of what they learned that year but they're gonna, you just think, okay, they're going to go off. There's lots of opportunity to remember and put it into practice, but there's a lot of distractions. Um, I think for most people, you, our church attendance goes to pot. We, sort of, we have lots of time, but somehow don't get around to it. It's filled with amusements. And you do know that that's the word that, for not thinking. Amuse, to stop thinking, whatever hinders thinking about it. To remember in our culture is something we do primarily with our mind. It's very cognitive. But I do think that in the, in the biblical command to remember, it's something we do with our heart and something we do with our hands and feet, our actions, our resources. In the Old Testament, zakar, or to remember, is not merely to rifle through the files until you think, find the thing you were searching for, but it's to employ your hands and feet and lips to engage in whatever action that remembrance would indicate or require. For instance, God remembered Noah floating out on the boat and so caused a wind to blow to dry the air, to dry the waters. In other words, God remembered Noah by doing something, by sending a saving flood-drying winds, so his remembrance was a divine act of mercy. God sees the rainbow And he remembers. Isn't that interesting? The rainbow is not for us to remember. The rainbow is for God to remember his covenant. Think of Joseph when he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's cupbearer. He begged him, only remember me when it is well with you. And please do the kindness to remember me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house. Most English translations render that word, would you please mention me to Pharaoh? But it was much more than that. It was a remembrance that would get him out of prison. God remembered Abraham, and so he saved Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah and the overthrow. He remembered Rachel and opened her womb. One commentator says, when God is said to remember someone or something, this is preliminary to acting on their behalf. Likewise, to forget is to not act. The psalmist complains, has God forgotten to be gracious? He isn't asking if God is absent-minded. He's asking why God hasn't acted graciously to save them. We are those who are remembered by God. The Bible is full of instances. God remembers us. In our primary chapel, we ring the chimes to get people's attention. And I ask the kids often, why do we ring the chimes at the beginning of chapel? And they'll say, so God will pay attention to us. And I have to say, God is always paying attention to you, but we ring the chimes so you'll pay attention to God. We are remembered by God. We are the objects of his active, saving, incarnating, remembering mercy in Christ. For him to remember or to zakar, is to act in a way keeping with the love that defines his essence. Mary sums it up well in her song, The Magnificat, which you will know he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. God remembers us. We are called to remember him. When the kids go forth from here, we hope they remember they are loved, that they're significant in God's eyes and in our eyes. Remember they're unique and valued. It's interesting long-term and short-term memory, isn't it? So I visit, I'm going up to visit my mom in a couple weeks, and uh, her short-term memory has gone. I mean, you know what this is like. She'll repeat things in one conversation. But her long-term memory, she remembers details from like 85 years ago that blow my mind. It's interesting why that is, why it's not the other way around, why the long-term memory doesn't go and the short-term memory stays. And it makes me think that we need that long-term memory, the basic understanding that we're made in God's image. Do you know the name Amanda Eller? She was this hiker that was rescued off an island in Hawaii after 17 days, broke her leg, lost her shoes. Her friends didn't forget her. They remembered her and they started a GoFund uh, account, enough money to hire a helicopter to keep looking for her, and eventually found her. And she was in amazingly good shape. But she said when she came out, it came down to life and death, and I had to choose. I chose life. I wasn't going to take the easy way out, even though that meant more suffering for me. When we remember we're God's people and called to do God's work, sometimes it might entail suffering. Sometimes we might participate in the suffering of Christ. In the Gospel reading today, in the bulletin, John 14, Jesus said to Judas, Those who love me will keep my commandment. That is, those who love me will do something about it. So God remembers us and calls us to remember him. Every day, every day a Memorial Day. Like a museum, the church is called to gather, to attend, to think, to ponder, to remember attend to worship, attend to prayers, attend to the public reading of his holy word. Centered in the Eucharist. When I was growing up, uh, almost every altar I saw said, do this in remembrance of me. That the central act of our Christian worship was this remembering that called to mind who we are, made in God's image. Uh, we're big on name tags. Have you ever seen name tags where, where it's turned upside down? Have you ever told someone, Oh, your name tags upside down? And I just tell people that's so all you will remember who I am. But in the Revelation passage, it says that all the saints have God's name written on their forehead. Because that's much more important to remember whose we are. We belong to God. In that Lion King, uh, famous quote from the Lion King, Simba's father says to him, Remember who you are. We also remember that we have sinned. As Martin Luther put it, we are homo incovertis in se, that is, people curved in on ourselves. The remembrance that, yes, we indeed have sinned. We indeed need God to help us for forgiveness and empowerment to do the right thing. When I was growing up, confession in morning prayer, confession was optional. Confession may be said. In Eucharist, it was... Required, and When I was growing up, you could be late to church, but if you didn't get there in time for confession, you weren't supposed to take communion. It was that big a part. And it bothers me to no end that our special services have begun to leave out confession. If you look at the baptismal service, no longer are baptismal candidates required to confess their sins. So we do need to remember our need for God. The, The John Gospel passage is such a great passage about the Trinitarian God, the God who loves us and wants to come and make his home with us, and the, the role of Jesus to die for us and to communicate God's word, and the Holy Spirit to advocate for us and to remind us, to help us remember what Jesus said. And so we're called to live a life of true and authentic daily, weekly, and yearly remembrance, to exercise our mind to exercise our heart and to do the things God calls us to do. I used to think the word dismissal meant the service was finally over. But of course it means dismissal, to get on with your mission, to get on with what we have been empowered to do, we have been challenged to do. When we leave these doors, we go and do it. Let me just read some of the words from the gospel in closing. Jesus said to Judas, those who love me will keep my word and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.